Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, and you are tuned in to Calvary Live. So blessed that you are listening today. I pray and hope that you're having a blessed day, and and we want to continue to, on this program, uh, just be a blessing to you and to be here to serve you, to minister to you. Uh, as you call in, you just heard in that call-in number, 303-690-3000. So we have all open lines, and I would encourage you to call in and ask your question or give your prayer request. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley here in northern Colorado, and I'm with you on this Monday, this holiday, and perhaps you're taking it easy or um, maybe you're at home relaxing. Maybe you have an opportunity to call in that you don't during the week because you're working, uh, I'd love for you to be able to call in uh, here at Calvary Live at 303-690-3000. Ask your Bible questions or questions about uh, events around us. What should our view be uh, as Christians, maybe about Christian living? And we wanted to go to the Word of God, and we want to encourage you. We want to give you truth. We want to pray for you. And perhaps as you started a new year, uh, we're well into the new year in the third week uh, of January, and uh, maybe things aren't going as well as you thought they would, or maybe some challenges have come up, or uh, maybe you need um, just prayer, and we want to pray for you. Uh, we want to minister to you. So you can call in your your questions and prayer requests at 303-690-3000. Hey, let me know you're out there. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners out there along the Front Range in Colorado, 101.7 and Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs. Love you guys down there. Uh, have so many friends, brothers and sisters down there in that area. Love to hear from you guys. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. And then in uh, northern Colorado from Castle Rock and Parker on up north, along the Front Range. Love to hear from you on 89.7. Welcome the metro area in Boulder, Longmont, Fort Collins, Greeley up in the southern Wyoming. Uh, and it's a powerful signal up here in, in northern Colorado. Grace FM goes clear out on the eastern plains. Matter of fact, on Friday on the show, got a call from somebody from Yoder, which is out there on the eastern plains. Hey, love to have you guys call. You guys from Brush and Fort Morgan and and Briggsdale and uh, all in between, uh, give us a call at 303-690-3000. And, of course, we have those on the East Coast that are tuned in as well. We welcome you, those of you tuned in on uh, Truth FM and Hope FM on the East Coast. You, too, can call in at that call-in number at 303-690-3000. And you are a week delayed as you're listening on the radio uh, on Hope or Truth FM. But... Uh, you can uh, call in at that number, and then you can listen to the conversation next week on Calvary Live. Uh, it's such a blessing to be tuned in uh, and uh, connected to you guys uh, on the East Coast or wherever you are, online listeners, uh, uh, all throughout the country. 
And uh, even throughout the world, uh, if you're listening on uh, the you know, the web page, the website, uh, listening live, um, so wonderful technology that connects us together. So give me a call. Let me know you're out there. I know it's a holiday. Uh, things are maybe a little relaxing, a little slow. It's been quiet here at the church, which has been nice to get some study done and some things done like that. Uh, but we got a short time. We got uh, less than an hour now to be able to talk about the things of the Lord. There's another means for you to be able to uh, ask a question or to be able to uh, um, ask for prayer, and that's through a dedicated text line. And so that number is 720 I'll repeat those numbers uh, throughout the hour. And uh, we have open lines, so maybe you've been wanting to call, maybe ask a question. Sometimes uh, we get really busy, and some people say, oh, I've been wanting to call, and I get put on hold. Or sometimes, even at the end of the show, uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to everyone. So uh, this is a great opportunity, especially today on uh, as it's uh, Martin Luther King Day, and uh, maybe you're just relaxing, you've been wanting to ask a question please give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call as we go to God's Word. You know, it really is a blessing for us to to have this program. Uh, I usually um, do Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, we are changing up the schedule. Uh, perhaps it was mentioned last week. I'll be doing Mondays and Tuesdays now, and Nick Katie's going to move to Friday, but I may fill in at some times during different times of the week. But for the most part, I'll be with you on Mondays and Tuesdays uh, to kind of help with my schedule. I'm very thankful to Nick Katie, who is willing to go to Friday. And uh, so looking forward to the Monday audience. Let me know that you're listening. I know Friday uh, gets really busy and Tuesday as well. And so I'd love to talk to you, 303-690-3000. As we do get to go to the Word of God, I want to read to you from Psalm 119. Uh, that it talks about the Word of God, uh, is uh, the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. Um, and in that, as you end that chapter, um, you read that uh, the writer, which is probably David, he writes, My lips shall utter praise, for you teach me your statutes, and my tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. And let your hand become my help, for I have chosen your precepts, and I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise you. And Let your judgments help me, uh, and seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. And I just love that whole, uh, you know, uh, psalm that focuses and is um, very much the priority of the Word of God in our lives. And uh, I, I know that the Word of God is so important to us. On Sunday, we talked about uh, that all Scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed and, and given to us, written to the page, as holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit. And it's a privilege to have that, which means as it is God-breathed, it's inerrant, and it is infallible, and capable of failing, uh, of being wrong. And so we have God's Word given to us. And I hope and I pray that uh, Christian Radio, whether you're on Hope or Truth FM or uh, maybe you're listening online and in other part of the country where you have Christian Radio, 
or those of you listening on Grace FM, that what a privilege to be able to listen to good Bible teaching all day long and uh, all week long and uh, and tell people about it, you know, and continue to grow in the Word of God. Have your own devotions. Uh, continue to um, be one that uh, is reading your Bible every day. That's something that I reiterate to my congregation. Uh, I, I hope that they don't get tired of hearing that. But read your Bible every single day. Uh, it is so important to do that. Hey, I'm waiting for the phone lines to ring and text questions. 720-336-0897 is the dedicated text line. And the call-in line is 303-690-3000. I am going to go to a text question. Actually, this came in on Friday. We didn't get a chance to, to get to it. Uh, but we do have open lines. But uh, the question is something that people ask me uh, occasionally. And should a tithe go directly to the church? And can people pray and ask God how to use their tithe individually? Uh, I, I think that they can pray and ask God uh, to um, direct them and how they are to use uh, their tithes. Uh, uh, I do, um, you know, you hear the model of usually the tithe goes to the church and then uh, the tithe after the tithe is the offering and it can go to other ministries. But there's no mandate in scriptures. We know that uh, the, uh, the way that we're to give is freely according to uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, as Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. He commends the churches at Macedonia that were giving out of poverty and given freely and willingly. He says the Lord loves a cheerful giver, and a tithe is is a, a model uh, that uh, we can give that ten percent. Some people give more, uh, but whatever the Lord lays on your heart, and to give to the church, we want to support our local church. Uh, we also um, can give to other ministries. So. It really is up to you, and as you pray and seek the Lord. And I like that question because sometimes we don't really do that. We just kind of give, and and we want to be able to to give to our churches. We want to support them and the work that they do. And I'm very, very grateful of those who give at our church. We don't ask for money, uh, haven't in 24 years, uh, but we do have needs. And, and we're told in Scripture that, uh, we are to give and, and support the ministry and support those who are teaching the Word. So all those things, I think you're open to it, and we can um, really seek the Lord and how uh, you should give of your tithe, and it may be to the church, and maybe at other times you want to give to a ministry or to a missionary or something like that. So the main thing is we're to give and make sure that uh, we are ones that truly give to the Lord. So, hey, we got open lines. Um, well, we actually got a couple open lines. We're going to go to the phone line, but grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. In the meantime, we're going to go to Chris, who's on line one. Hi, Chris. Hi. Chris, you there? How are you? You're on Calvary yes, Live. Uh, Pastor Jeff, thank you for taking my call. Uh, yeah. Are you going to add? Yeah. Okay. Thanks uh, for calling. Yes, I'm uh, asking a question on behalf of my son Joshua, uh, um, he, he wants me to ask um, sure. two questions. Um, Revelations, um, uh, we just look at six, um, I, 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 regarding where it talks about the stars uh, mm-hmm. falling from the sky. Right. Um, I was hoping you could give further clarification on that scripture, and then he would also like to know... Um, 
uh, <clears throat> regarding witchcraft and uh, why is uh, casting spells, uh, why God doesn't like that. Yeah, and those are good questions. Uh, witchcraft. And, yeah, and those are very good questions. First of all, we'll, we'll look at the Revelation one. In the book of Revelation, in the book, are you there? Is he listening? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, uh, Joshua, in the book of Revelation, um, in chapter 6 through 18, you have this seven-year period that's called the tribulation period. And in this tribulation period, uh, you have a, so many things that are taking place. So this <laughs> section of the book of Revelation records that. And in chapter 6, you see that Jesus, who took a seven-sealed scroll um, in chapter 5, out of the hand of the Father, he begins to open up these seals. And as the sixth seal is opened up, you have this cosmic disturbance. You have this, um, you know, uh, this geologic upheaval. And I'm going to kind of read back up at verse 12. And I looked, and he opened up the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as fig trees drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. And then the sky receded as a scroll and rolled up, and every mountain and every island was moved out of its place. So what you have when that sixth seal is opened up is you have this cosmic disturbance. The heavens fell to the earth, um, and uh, we also know that the sun became black as sackcloth, and the moon became like blood. When you go to the Old Testament, it speaks of a period of time called the Day of the Lord. And the Day of the Lord is a period of time that begins here in Revelation chapter 6 and goes through the tribulation period and includes the second coming of Jesus Christ. So in that time um, that uh, we have this, here's this uh, seal opening up, and we also have during this time there is God's judgment being poured out on a Christ-rejected world, so this cosmic disturbance takes place. Um, so that's what it's talking about. It's going to take place during the day of the Lord. Uh, the Old Testament, Joel, talks about the, the moon uh, being like blood and the sun dark as judgment is being poured out. And then it's going to be followed by the second coming of Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation period and then the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. So that's what we see, very intense and uh, and. Uh, that takes place in the sixth seal. And then the seventh seal, Joshua, as you read the book of Revelation, seven angels stand up with trumpets, and they blow their trumpets, and more judgment comes. The seventh angel blows his trumpet, and when he blows his trumpet, seven more angels stand up with bowls and begin to pour out these bowl judgments on the earth. So that's what you see that's taking place in the book of Revelation. So that's the Revelation question. The other question um, is about witchcraft, and the reason that it is bad is because it is deceptive. And all the way in the Old Testament, we see that it is written that we shouldn't be involved in witchcraft uh, because it is deceptive. It's uh, Much of it is under the power of Satan, casting spells, and um, we see that we are to stay away from it, and we are to turn to the Lord, be loyal to the Lord, uh, but we're not to have anything to do with uh, mediums, with witchcraft, uh, with uh, casting spells, um, with 
any kind of occultic kinds of practices because so much of it is demonic. So much of it has dark uh, forces behind it, um, demons behind it, and so we're told not to to be a part of that. No Christian should be a part of witchcraft or any kind of occultic kinds of practices. Does that help, Joshua? Yeah. Does it? Thank you. Yeah, you read your Bible. And hey, good questions. Keep asking. I appreciate you calling. I love it when, when kids call and ask questions. It blesses my heart. Okay? Okay. You have a good week. Thanks. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. All I right. appreciate it. You Thanks, bet. Jeff. You bet, Chris. Thanks for calling and I appreciate it. Okay, Bye-bye. we got a couple we got a couple open lines 303-690-3000. Hey, you know, if you have kids that want to call in, I I love it when kids call in. It's so wonderful. And we want to answer their questions. We want to take time with them. It, it blesses my heart because uh it reminds me of uh again what we've been talking about on Sunday morning that Paul takes the time and he says, Timothy, you must know the Holy Scriptures that you've learned from childhood. And that word in the Greek actually speaks of a time that uh, Timothy was a baby, the Word of God was spoken into his life. And of course, that would be the Old Testament Scriptures that his mother and grandmother spoke to him, uh, that is uh, mentioned in chapter 1 of Second Timothy. But speak the Word of God into your kids, and when they have questions, to sit down and answer those questions. Or, you know, if they want to call Calvary Live, have them call. We love talking to children, and it is a tremendous blessing. And you can do it like Chris did. He's asking on behalf of his son, and uh, we'd love to be able to do those things to you. So, hey, we got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We are going to go to Southern California, where Brock is on line two. Hey, Brock. Uh, hello. How are you? Doing all right. Thank you for having me. Good. You bet. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. Yeah. Kind of had a question. Um, Where does it say that our future sins are forgiven? Well, that's a good question. And um, because oftentimes you'll hear the phrase, and, you know, all of our sins are forgiven past, present, and future, right? Yeah. And I think that's where it comes from. When Jesus Christ died for our sins, um, he died for all of our sins. And we go to First John, and John says that, that if we sin, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I think it's kind of a, a theological term that is used, that Jesus died for all of our sins. Um, and he did, because we're forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, um, we can't enter into heaven if we don't have that, uh, because the wages of sin is death, and the only unforgivable sin is what this, the you know blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Um, but He is the propitiation of our sins. Is I what I like to say? Um, you know what that word propitiation means? Uh, no. He, he's the, it's a big fancy word that means he's the satisfaction for our sins. Um, he died for our sins once and for all is what the book of Hebrews says. Because the problem with the Old Testament was that the animal sacrifices was not enough. It covered sin, um, kofar in the Hebrew. Uh, 
um, so that, uh, um, you know, they had to come back and they had to bring that sin sacrifice over and over and over and over. Um, it was not a complete work. But Jesus, as the writer of Hebrews says, he died for our sins once and for all. So he doesn't have to die over and over and over again for our sins because all of our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. And, and we know that um, that uh, he takes our sins, and as you know, the Bible says, he remembers them no more. So that's where I get it from. Um, that's where we can look at that. And um, and that we can know that we are indeed forgiven because it's a finished work that Jesus did on the cross. Okay, uh, I mean, I was just coming up with a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to say strange teaching. Is just uh, like the if, you know, is like an if. So if I don't confess my sins, then I'm not forgiven, or you know, but, and I didn't know, and yeah. then um, yeah, yeah, a lot of people get confused about that. You know, Brock, because, you know, because of that verse I quoted to you in First John, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if I don't confess it, does that mean that I'm not forgiven? And if I'm not forgiven of that sin, there's no hope for eternity because we need to be, you know, um, forgiven of all of our sins. Um, but here's the thing. Can we ever confess all of our sins? I mean— before you got saved, you know, can you remember every sin you did when you were a little kid, you know, no. or the sins of the heart, the intent of the heart? So that's an impossibility. But I've read, you know, and and I have, you know, read these things that you got to confess it or you're not forgiven. And it's like, can anyone, you know, remember all of their sins? I mean, the intents of the heart, even in one day, um, can can we remember them all? So confession, what it does, it means to be in agreement with. Lord, I'm in agreement that I have sinned, and, and Lord, I confess it, and, and forgive me. But the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and, and that's something that we can stand on, embrace that promise. He has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. His righteousness is imputed to us, and we are forgiven. Now, does that mean that we can just go out and sin and do whatever we want? No, there is that that uh, in you know direction and, and and commandment in Scripture that we're to pursue holiness. Um, and if we say that we do not sin, we lie. Uh, but if we do sin, we confess it, and He's faithful. We're in agreement with the Lord, and He forgives us. So you know He's cleansed us from all unrighteousness, and we can just thank you, Lord, you've forgiven me of sin. But here's what confession does, Brock, and I know I may be kind of veering a little bit of what you're trying um, to ask, but confession just kind of, it's important for us to confess because it's coming in agreement that, Lord, this is wrong, and it kind of uh, breaks down that wall that we begin to build of, well, I can just go out and sin, or, you know, living in grace means I continue in sin, and Paul says no in Romans chapter 6. begins to to break down those walls of I need to be in agreement with the Lord because it breaks the heart of the Father and um, and it's sin and it's wrong and Lord forgive me and uh, but Jesus when he was on the cross cried out it is finished it is finished I died for right. the sins of the world so that's, that's, that's where we have confidence yeah it is isn't it 
um, because yeah. sometimes I think, Lord, um, am I forgiven? Some people, they they struggle with that, and a Christian needs to have confidence um, that, that, that he himself is the propitiation, or that is the satisfaction, uh, the requirement of a righteous God um, to, you know, forgive us of our sins. Jesus is the propitiation. He's the satisfaction for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world, but it's for those who come in faith in Jesus Christ. So hopefully that helps and kind of steers you in the right direction, Brock. Yeah, it's like um, I'm definitely a work in progress, and uh, on this rehabilitation, you know, it's like, um, you know, you're going through a house and, we found this uh, creaky, rotted-out timber. All right, and let's just red tag it and walk away. It's like having that grace there is actually encouraging to pursue growth in conforming to the image of Christ in righteousness and holiness that, you know, it's not, oh, you messed up, you're done. It's it's like, okay, well, let's just have the heart to actually draw closer. So I think um, yeah. that really clear, it, clarified it. Thank yeah. you. And it, it's so important, Brock, and you're right on the right track, is, you know, we we struggle. We have frailties. We have weaknesses. And and it's like, Lord, oh, gosh, you must be tired of me coming to you, you know, asking again to forgive me. But here's the thing, that day by day just pursuing and coming, and that's, again, confessing it's wrong, and Lord, uh, help me. And grace is all we have. And, and grace is, Lord, um that I am forgiven. And, you know, the enemy is the accuser of the brethren day and night. He accuses us day and night, all the time. You know, you're a spiritual waste. You're no good. You're not forgiven. And, and grace says we are forgiven. And um, and that work of sanctification of him just working in our lives to help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life for him. I appreciate you calling, Praise Brock. Really good question. Yeah, God bless you. Bless you. All right. You bet. Have a great day. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And love to talk to you and um, answer your questions. And um, and we got Vonda from Denver on line one. Did I say that right, Vonda? You did. Vonda? Thank you. Yes. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Hey, Vonda. We're going to get ready to go to a break, so I might have to interrupt our conversation, but I want you to hold on, and we'll continue on the other side of the break. But I wanted to get you before we went to break, so I'm going to go ahead and let you talk, and and we got about a minute, and we're going to hear music, and then we'll have to just kind of stop for a little bit. All right? Sounds great. Okay, what do you got for me? I was calling in regards to a friend of mine who really feels that witchcraft has been done on her, and feels that it has created to where demons are talking to her constantly, bombarding her in her thoughts all the time, and that she actually can see demons over certain people. Okay. Um, and she, see is she, demons is she, just in the room. Vonda, is she a Christian? Yes, she is. She is she's a Christian. She's in her Bible okay. every day. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and she's been and trying, you, said, you know, different things to uh, different passages and different prayers and different, you know, seeking out how to get this to stop. And it really feels like that God's forgotten her on it. <laughs> right. 
And you said that she, um, somebody put a spell on it or something? or Yeah, she does feel that her sister and a friend of her sister's put a, a spell on her. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to get ready to go to break, and I want to answer it, and I want to encourage you. I think there are some things that she's a Christian for her to understand and realize, and um, and because there's darkness that's real out there, the demonic forces that are real out there, but you hear the music, so Vonda, I want you to, to stay put. We'll come back yeah. after the break. We'll continue our conversation, and we're going to go to break. Hey, we got open lines. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. We're going to be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard those two numbers. You can call in as we enter into the second half of Calvary Live. The call-in number, 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines. So give me a call. Ask your questions, prayer requests. Text line, 720-336-0897. And I would encourage you to put those two numbers in your contacts. So as you're listening to Calvary Live, you can just pull it up, and you can text a question on the text line or call in on the call-in line. We'd love for you to call in, uh, but we just encourage you to do that. I just want to make a uh, quick uh, reminder for those of you up here in the Greeley area and and, uh, northern Colorado that on Wednesday we'll be back in the book of Jeremiah on Wednesday night as we're studying that book. We'll be in chapter 3. And uh, it was a wonderful study last Wednesday. Oh, it was wonderful. And Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. He he gives a message when he's in public boldly, but it, it's he's weeping uh, privately because he's speaking of a death of a nation, a nation that's spiritually dying. And it's interesting that Jeremiah is ministering and prophesying. Uh, he begins in the days of Josiah. And during the days of, of Josiah, Josiah was the last of the good kings before they went off into captivity, the house of Judah by Babylon. But Josiah, the revival was really reforms. And he says, uh, and he's speaking about how uh, you have not turned to me and believe in me wholeheartedly, but only in pretense. You're pretending. You're going through the motions. You're going through religiousness, but there's not real relationship. So it speaks to us in that way how um, religion won't save you. And the Lord desires for us to have a heart. And Jeremiah, this Wednesday, is going to talk about the to you know to you know uh, break up the fallow ground of your heart uh, because our hearts are to receive the the word of God, the seed of the word of God, to have soft hearts towards the Lord, circumcise you know uh, your hearts is what he says. Uh, circumcise your ears to have a heart for the Lord, to hear from the Lord. So those are very important messages for us. So Wednesday at 7 o'clock, check us out, org for directions and further information. We've got a place for all the kids and youth groups, and then Sunday mornings, Second Timothy, powerful, powerful study uh, as we're looking at the last words of Paul the Apostle in the New Testament, 8, 930 11 o'clock. Love to meet you uh, as we study God's Word together, as we worship the Lord together, fellowship with one another, 
Um, love to be able to minister and serve to you any way that we can. But we do want to get back to Vonda on line one from Denver. She is asking, Vonda, you still there? I am. Thank you for your patience. Uh, Vonda has a friend, before we went to the break, if you're just t- turning, tuning in, that is, that um, some type of witchcraft was done to her as she's hearing voices, um, even seeing visions. Here's the thing, Vonda. There's only two sources of spiritual power, either God and Satan. And the thing that we need to remember is that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And a container is either lit or dark. So this is how you can help her, because I know that she's seen these things, that for her to seek the Lord, for her to put her mind on the things of the Lord, and let me ask you this, Vonda. When you walk into a dark room, what do you do? You turn on a light. <laughs> you turn on a light. Exactly. And it seems like a simple answer, but that's what we're to do. We're to focus on the light. And sometimes what happens, and I don't know everything concerning her case, is that people begin to focus on the darkness. They focus on the darkness. Something's been done. But greater is the Holy Spirit. If she is truly a Christian, that is in her than the darkness that is out there. And we need to remember that. And then as James says, that you submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So being a Christian, those you know um, curses and things like that have no authority. The, the, the enemy has no authority over her. She um, is in a spiritual battle, and the enemy will try to come against us, oppress us, tear us down, all those things. But he's not going to win. Um, we have this spiritual battle. We fight not for victory, but from victory. And to put on the whole armor of God, to immerse herself in the Word of God, and to turn on the light. Turn on the light and focus on the light. Because sometimes I run into people that it's demon this and demon that in... in um, all these other things, and there's such a focus on the darkness. He's brought us out of the darkness into his marvelous light, so that's a good place to stay. I I completely agree with you on that, and she does too, and I mean, she is one that is in her Bible every day. She just hits to where it is constantly bombarding her, um, the voices and things that you know, day after day after day, and she keeps praying about it, and she keeps in her Bible and reading, and and it wears her down. And then she's like, I just want God to just go ahead and take me, because I can't do this anymore. It's nonstop. Well, and, and in that, you know, I, I don't know what's all going on, if there's some other issues, but for her to renew her mind— because here's the thing that Paul writes in, in to Timothy, that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. And that renewing of mind with the Word of God begins to just wash us, being washed with the water of the Word. So just keep encouraging her in that and okay. keep praying for her and keep focusing on the light, on the light of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's Word. And, and hopefully she's in fellowship. Um, she, with other believers? Yes. Yeah. Good. And she can get prayer, and she can be encouraged in the Word of God, listening to praise music. And as we begin to focus on the light and glory of His 
of the Lord, all those things begin to lose grip on us. And uh, But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And turn on that light and focus on the light and speak to the light and um, and begin to, you know, just continue to meditate on things of the Lord. That's what I have for you, Vonda. And, okay. um, and that's the way you can encourage her. Okay? I sure appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, hey can we pray for her? Yes, please. Yeah. Father, um, we don't know exactly what's going on with Vonda, but Lord, she seems to be in turmoil. She seems to be in agony over um, things that she's seeing. And Lord, I pray that um, you would just bring healing to her mind, that you would, any forces, demonic darkness would just leave her, that she would look to you, turn on the light uh, of Jesus Christ. She has the Holy Spirit in her, being a believer, and greater is he that is in her than he that is in the world. And the enemy is one that attacks our minds. He's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night, but we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of testimony, that she would speak the word of God, she would meditate on the word of God, uh, go to the praises of God, and that you would just help her and strengthen her and give her a sound mind. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Vonda, we'll keep praying for her, okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. You you keep encouraging her in the things that are so. All right. God bless you. Thanks for calling. Bless you. Thank you. All right. 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley. Always a blessing to be with you, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Friday, whatever day of the week. But I'll be with you on Mondays on a regular schedule uh, from here on out. And so looking forward to uh, the listening audience on Monday and talking with you and answering your questions. And uh, I want to give you that text number again uh, is 720-336-0897. And we're going to go to Hammonton, New Jersey. James on line two. Hi, James. Hi, how you doing? Good. How are you guys uh, today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good, Pastor. Um Listen, uh, yeah, I have. I had a question. I'm, I'm driving. I don't have my Bible with me, but I was reading through uh, Deuteronomy uh, okay. the, the, the night before last, and I came across. Um, uh, I think it's uh, chapter 24. Uh, I don't remember the verse. It might be nine, and it's it. I was reading uh, where it, uh, God had cursed uh, cursed um, one of the 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 things in a, of the curse in the, in the Bible was how he cursed uh, a, a man that would have sex uh, with his sister or even his half-sister. Okay. And uh, again, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know what verse it was, but anyway, I, I wanted to, it, why was Abraham so blessed uh, if, if God cursed this thing? Well, in the um, in the the curses, and I think what you're making reference to is Deuteronomy 27, and um, and then uh, chapter 28. He gives the curses, um, and he gives the blessings of obedience, and he gives the cursings of you know um, those who um, you know are disobedient. He lies with father's wife because he has uncovered his father's bed, things like that. And I think that's the reference you're making to? 
It, it might be, yes. Yeah, and that's probably what you're doing. And so he's saying that you need to talk, you need to, um, you know, this is the law that I've given to you. Deuteronomy is the second law. So here they are getting ready to go into the promised land. Um, Moses takes the time to this new generation, reiterate the law. It's not a new law. It's just a giving of the law to the people, a reminder, this new generation of these laws. And then God had made a covenant with them uh, in um, the um, Mount Sinai as they became a nation, that if you follow me, I'll bless you, and if you don't, I'll, I'll curse you. So you are making reference to Abraham, right? Uh, yeah. Is that uh, chapter 28, or, or was it 24, uh, Pastor? Do you remember? I mean, It's 27. Do you have date of 27? Yeah, yeah, I believe it's you 27. See, You're make- you, see, you see where he says, cursed is this, cursed is that? I mean, yeah. And, mm-hmm. but one of them, uh, without my Bible, I'm, I'm swinging in the dark here, but, uh, you know, one of them was, cursed is the man who has sex with his sister or his half-sister. Then I started thinking, Abraham was so blessed, uh, and, right. and yet Sarah was his half-sister. So that's kind of a contradiction there, and I, I didn't understand that. Well, I don't know. I'd have to look at that a little bit more carefully. One of the things that um, we do have to remember, and I know that when I look at it, I'll say, man, I wish I could call James up in New Jersey again and give him a better answer. Uh, no, no, no. This no. You, you have to give me it's an a... answer. i, I got to know this. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep because I, I read well, the Bible, and I, I need yeah. to understand this thing. Yeah, and I know with Abraham, first of all, that when he was called by God, he was from the east. He was from that area where they worshiped the moon god. So he had married Sarah, um, and that was something that, of course, was acceptable uh, in their time. What I would have to do, James, is look at, you know, again, that, um, that relationship exactly. But I know that God called them out of... Um, you know, um, out of, um, of of the east, and then they would come into the land. Um, that, you know, Abraham also came before the law was um, uh, given to them. So the law here is for a nation that had been born. So I can at least answer that part of it. Um, and the law was given to the nation. Abraham you will be a great nation. You will be a blessing. But he was already married to Sarah, uh, and Sarah was his wife, and they came out of that paganism to come into the promised land and and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the covenant made with them. Before the book of the Deuteronomy, they were, they were married already? Deuteronomy would come, Abraham, then he had Isaac, then he had Jacob, and Jacob had the 12 That's sons, what I'm saying. Which, Deuteronomy came first. The book came first before, yeah. uh, I mean, Abraham even married Sarah. No, that so, came later. It came much later. Oh, it came later? Okay. Yeah, it came much later. So Abraham's in Genesis 12, and then oh, okay. you begin to, right. to, you got the whole story of Abraham's family and the covenant he made with them. And then you have Moses in the book of Exodus, and that's where okay. he brought the nation out of Egypt, and he 
said, you're now a nation. And he gave them the ceremonial laws, the civil laws, and that's all part of that. So that'll help kind of sort that out a little bit. Um, um, but again, the, the law of Moses came later. Okay. Okay. Now, is there a way? Yeah. I, and that's, thank you, Pastor. It clears it up uh, somewhat. But is there a way I can, I can, uh, you said you, you might have to, uh, look into it deeper and to, to explain it. Um, is that the best explanation for it right there that you gave me? I think so. That's all I have, James. And that's, it's a tough question that you ask, but, um, but, uh, you know, I'll look into it more. Yeah. And you know what, James, here's the thing. Call back and, um, call back and, you know, we can look at this and one of the other pastors may be able to answer better, but yeah, that's, you know, that's a challenging question, but that's what I have. You know, Abraham, he came out before the law, before they were a nation. He's already married to Sarah and, um, and just kind of go from there and begin to look okay. at that. Okay? Okay, good enough. Thank you very much, Pastor. Thanks, James. Appreciate All right. it. All right. God bless you. Good night. Good night. God bless you. Good night. Uh-huh. Be careful out there. 303-690-3000. You know, some of these questions are tough, and and uh, so maybe you have one of those, and uh, they're difficult, and we'll do our best. And sometimes I have to say, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I have to look at that more carefully and stuff, and and uh, that's okay. So, James, you know, uh, as you're listening, uh, just keep studying. Call back. Um, we'll keep giving you answers the best we know how. Hey, we got all open lines right now, and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, 303-690-3000. Um, there is a text question that came in uh, that I want to answer. Hey, Jeff, do you think that the nations have angels appointed to them? Uh, referring to Daniel 10, I believe re- referencing the prince of Persia and Greece, also talks about Michael being Jewish people's prince. Very good question. And, um, you know, um, uh, I believe that there are, as Paul writes it in Galatians chapter 6, uh, that there are principalities and power and spiritual wickedness in high places, that the demonic forces, uh, there's, uh, you know, different orders of them, uh, just like there's different orders of angels. And Daniel, just uh, for the reference there, what is being asked, that Daniel in chapter 10, I believe it is, and let me read it to you, i got to get there. Um, Daniel had been praying, and an angel comes to answer Daniel, and let me get to Daniel chapter 10. And um, he says, Suddenly a hand touched me and made me tremble. This is Daniel on my knees and in the palms of my hand. And he said to me, Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I now have been sent to you. While he was speaking uh, this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, uh, for whom the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I I have come because of your words. And, and this is where it's interesting. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. And behold, Michael, uh, the chief princes, came to help me. And I had been left alone with their, the king of Persia. And, and he goes on to say that um, I got to go, and I'm going to have to deal with, and then he said to me, uh, I have come to you, and now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. 
And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. So interesting. It gives us some interesting insight uh, to the demonic world. And I believe that it very well could show us that there are demons that are assigned to, you know, uh, countries. And um, just as there's maybe perhaps angels that are assigned to, to countries. We know that Michael is the prince of his people, Israel, but there's a demonic dimension out there that we don't fully understand. And I, I certainly know that demonic forces are at work here in our nation. So it very well could be that the Bible's given indications that there is you know, a, a demon over the United States, uh, over areas, uh, but they are highly organized, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So interesting to look at that. Hey, we want to go to southern Colorado, to Alamosa, where Sean is on line one. Hi, Sean. Hi. You're on Calvary How Live. are you? I am good. How are you doing? Fighting demons in my head. Are you? Can we pray for you? Can we encourage you? Basically, I don't. Basically, my wife and I have been separated for almost four months now. I'm sorry. She's finally gotten to that point where she's ready to start marriage counseling. <clears throat> but part of the demons that's in my head. The self-doubt, the self—you know—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's making it hard not under, you know, not knowing if she has an alternative motive to some of these things. Well, let's pray about that. But I, I want to encourage you, Sean, because you know that's a good step that you're going to get uh, marriage counseling uh, from their, you know, your pastor, and to begin to look at the scriptures, what God has to say about marriage, the role in women the role of uh, husbands and wives, um, the you know what he says about love, uh, all these different things, God has the answer. But, Sean, where I want to encourage you is he does want to bring healing and restoration to your marriage. So if you can focus on that, if you can say, Lord, I know you want to do this work, you may not know her, her motives for doing it, but to go and to be in prayer, and to say, Lord, help me be the husband that you want me to be. Help me to love my wife as Christ loves the church. Help me to live with her in an understanding way. Those are things that you should be talking about. And, um, you know, Lord, help me to serve her, um, to lay down my life for her, and be the husband you called me to. And that's where you need to stay your focus on. And, Lord, just pray that, that cuz the lord's the only one that can change a heart and right. to pray for her that lord open up you know what you have for her and and to to deal with those things on her end but but you need to give that to the lord and just know that the lord wants to do that work and you grab your hand your wife by the hand and you pray with her in those sessions and you tell her that you love her and you want this to work um and they you know, those are things that we're going to pray for you, and I hope that uh, takes place, um, to ask God for help because he wants to restore your marriage, and um, he wants to do a work in your marriage to bring forgiveness, restoration, whatever the case may be. So, Father, I pray for, for Sean, and I pray that has him and his wife been separated. I don't know all that's going on, but you do. 
And so, Lord, as they begin to go to, to marriage counseling, that they would be in prayer, they would be seeking you, that it would be two lives that would humble themselves and know that you want to bring healing and restoration. You want to bless their marriage, Lord. You want to bring them together to where there is um, the healing that is needed and the forgiveness and the rebuilding. So, Lord, I pray you do that work in Sean, that he would know that you're a great God and that you desire to do that and that you're a God that can work in any of our situations, that his confidence is in you, Lord, and uh, you would make him the husband that you want him to be, a loving husband, a caring husband, one that leads his wife and his family. And we pray for this work in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Sean, you stay close to the Lord, okay? Always. Okay, brother. All right, brother. You take Good care. Class. Okay. Uh-huh. 303-690-3000. We're getting towards the end of the hour. We got uh, Kathy in Littleton. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jeff. Um, How are I have you? a question. Uh, well, I'm hanging in there. I'm an old lady. I'm waiting on the Lord. Um, but I have <laughs> so a I. question that my daughter just brought to my attention, um, mm-hmm. and she probably will call you uh, at the next opportune time. But okay, tell her, tell her, Thessalonians, I'm, oh, tell okay. her I'm going to hold her to that. I'm going to hold her to that, okay? Okay, because so. she's the one that brought this to my attention. Okay, um, all right. I keep hearing from pastors that the rapture could happen any time. Right. However, she brought it to my attention that in Second Thessalonians 2 and I think 4 or something, uh, that mm-hmm. the Antichrist will come before the rapture. Okay. So well, do you agree that. with that, or do you see that in Second Thessalonians? I'm going to read it to you. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you. So he's talking about the rapture when we gather together to be with the Lord. Because, you know, he, in chapter 4 of his first letter to them, he said, We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So in that instance, he is talking about the rapture of the church. And he says, We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ has come. Some translations is the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, and Paul uses that term, that day, meaning the day of the Lord, will not come. What is the day of the Lord? Uh, Well, I thought it was the rapture. No, the day of the Lord, he switched now subjects to the day of the Lord is the tribulation period. He said, let no one deceive you. That's why it's important to read it carefully. You see, the Thessalonians were upset because somebody was forging a letter of Paul or saying, hey, the rapture's already taken place. That's why he says, don't be shaken in mind, troubled by spirit or word or letter, as though the day of the—they thought they were in the day of the Lord. They thought they had missed the rapture of the church. And he says, listen— let no one deceive you for that day, the day of the Lord, and in First Thessalonians chapter five. So you got to re- remember what he had taught. He said concerning you know the day of the Lord, I have no need that I should write to you. Comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, it's when they he changes the pronoun. Then 
you know, sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. So here he's saying, I haven't changed the teaching. Um, don't believe the, the false teachings in a forged letter unless the falling away comes first and a man of sin is revealed. That's the Antichrist. And so the Antichrist will come after the rapture of the church. And he says something very important. He says that um, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed. He's talking about that the Antichrist will not be revealed till he's taken out of the way. Who's he? Uh, I don't know if it's, I guess, the Church. I don't know. It, yeah, it's the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the Church. I believe that we're a restraining factor, and we restrain the Antichrist from coming on the scene, because nowhere in the Scripture does it say that we're to be looking for Antichrist. We're to be looking for who? Jesus Christ. So I think Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and Paul says, don't you remember that when I was with you, I told you these things? He's saying nothing has changed. I really believe that Paul taught a pre-tribulation rapture. And, uh, and he says, you know, that you're to be looking for the coming of the Lord. And when it comes to the day of the Lord, we're not children of the night. We're children of the day. So she can look at that very carefully and have her call me if she's got any okay. more questions. Okay, hey, God bless you. Thank you so much. You bet. You're welcome so much. You too. Hey, welcome everyone. Hope you had a great day. Thank you for calling in. Liz, we're going to be praying for you. I know you're waiting on line three, but I'll be praying for guidance in your marriage. And um, I'm going to lift it up to the Lord right now. So God bless you. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.